Hey, it's great to be with you folks again. Um, here it is, New Year's Day morning, and you're here in church. Give yourself a little pat on the shoulder, okay? You could be home sleeping or watching football or something. Um, at least the, uh, you're not missing the Rose Bowl parade. That's tomorrow. Uh, but uh, glad you're here. And if you're out there in TV land with us watching remotely, well, you give yourself a pat too because you could stay sound asleep right now, but you're here worshiping with us in spirit as we're all gathered together in Jesus' name to worship the Lord and to fellowship with one another. <clears throat> we're going to take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, and I'll be reading today from um, verses 21 to 40. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time for their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old, and she lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, uh, he, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. 
He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Let's pray. Father, take your word now. Speak to our hearts. Uh, Lord, help us to see new insights, but most of all, help us to take the old truths that we know and really take them to heart and apply them to our lives today. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. P.J. Aladolkin uh, shares this little story. There were um, these old friends, 30-year-old friends, who got together for a reunion, and they tried to decide, well, where should we go out for dinner? Someone suggested the glowing Ember's restaurant because uh, the waitresses were cute and the, uh, the waiters were macho, and uh, they all agreed. So 15 years went by. Now they were like 45 years old, and they got together again. Where shall we go for dinner? Well, someone suggested, how about the glowing Ember's restaurant? Because the food there is very good. And so, okay, let's do that. They all went there. 15 years go on. Now they're 60-year-olds. And uh, once again, they got together, and they tried to decide, well, where should we go out for dinner? Someone came up with this idea. How about the Glowing Ambers restaurant? Because you can eat in peace and quiet there. Very nice, uh, serene place. So they all agreed. Another 15 years go by. Now they're like 75-year-olds. And uh, where shall we go for dinner this time? Someone came up with a novel idea. Well, how about the Glowing Embers restaurant? Because it's very accessible to those that have disabilities. They even have an elevator. Sounds good, so they all agreed. Fifteen years more go by. Now they're up in to be 90 years old, okay? Where shall we go for dinner this time? Well, someone says, I think we should meet at the Glowing Embers restaurant because we've never been there before. <laughs> they all agreed. Well, you know, with the passing of time, we, we tend to become a little forgetful. Speaking for myself now, okay? But we tend to become a little forgetful. Isn't it good to know that God never forgets? Amen? Uh, he has made us many wonderful promises in his word, and he has never forgotten one of them. Uh, today we want to think about the promises of God, how they apply to our lives. God is the great promise keeper. He's faithful. In our scripture today, uh, we hear about these two people, Simeon and Anna. Both had been waiting, longing, hoping for the coming of the Messiah. Charles Wesley put in his hymn, Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set our people free. From thy fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Simeon and Anna had been longing for the coming of the Christ, the Messiah. And now both had the joy of seeing that promise 
fulfilled. Both laid eyes upon baby Jesus. Both praised and thanked God for keeping his promise. Simeon and Anna teach us to stand upon the promises of God. Do you ever feel hopeless? Uh, You know, we look back on this year, 2022, and there were some rather hopeless-looking events happening around the world. You know, the war in Ukraine, that just seems so hopeless. Or we we, uh, look at our own country, we think of the inflation. Uh, You know, we, we see higher gas prices, higher grocery prices, higher rental prices, automobile prices, utilities, everything has been so expensive. Uh, Or we look at the triple threat of COVID and uh, the flu and RSV and the hospitals being overwhelmed and, and filled to capacity. Do you ever feel hopeless? Do you ever feel discouraged with life? Do you ever feel worried about your future, worried about How am I going to pay all these bills after Christmas? Or, uh, you know, worried about your family or worried about your health. It's easy to get that way, isn't it? To kind of just fall into this rut where you just start to lose heart and lose hope. Well, Simeon and Anna teach us to hope and trust in God. To stand upon the promises of God. So today, let's look at two life lessons from Simeon and Anna. The first, let us gratefully praise God for his promises already fulfilled. After the birth of the Christ child on the eighth day, he was circumcised and officially given the name Jesus. Jesus uh, in the Hebrew would be Joshua. It means the Lord is salvation, an angel announced to Joseph in Matthew 1.21, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. At uh, 40 days after his birth, according to the custom, Joseph and Mary then took Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem, some five miles from Bethlehem where they were staying. And uh, there they presented him to the Lord. They dedicated Jesus to the Lord. And while at the temple court, a certain man, apparently a quite elderly, came up to them. This man, Simeon, was a righteous and devout man. Uh, he truly lived in faith. He truly lived a righteous and good and godly life. And uh, he had been waiting all his life for the consolation of Israel. In other words, the deliverance, the restoration of Israel that the Messiah would bring according to the Old Testament prophecies. And the Messiah was promised to come to bring comfort, to bring peace, to bring salvation. Verse 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah, the Lord's Christ. This was God's personal promise to Simeon. Simeon had been moved and directed by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple that day, at that time, and somehow the Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon 
that this little baby carried in Mary's arms was, in fact, the Messiah, the long-prophesied Messiah that had been prophesied for hundreds of years. There he was, right there in Mary's arms. And uh, Simeon was inspired. In fact, he gave this uh, inspirational message Verses 29 through 32, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Now this song of praise has traditionally been called the Nunc Dimittis from the Latin now dismiss. The uh, New Living Translation puts it, now let your servant die in peace. Well, you've heard the term bucket list, okay? Um, people talk about things they'd like to do before they kick the bucket, okay? You know, it might be to go to Machu Picchu in Peru, or it might be to uh, watch the crystal ball drop in uh, New York City, Times Square on New Year's Eve. Or it might be to go up in a hot air balloon or, or um, you know, what's on your bucket list? You probably have a few things, huh? Well, Simeon had his bucket list and he only had one thing in the bucket, okay? And the one wish that Simeon had was to see the Messiah. And uh, now that he could... Uh, see the Messiah, he could die in peace. And knowing that the uh, Messiah had come to bring salvation to the world. Well, Joseph and Mary were amazed at Simeon's prophecy. Uh, perhaps they marveled at the scope of Christ's salvation. It was to be not only to the Jewish people, but to the whole Gentile world. Maybe um, Joseph and Mary were amazed at just one more confirming sign. They had seen angels, uh, you know, now one more confirming sign of what God was doing through this little baby Jesus. And while they were standing there, a woman named Anna came up to them. She was a senior saint, a longtime widow. Depending on how one translates, she was either 84 years old or she had been a widow for 84 years. Either way, she was well up there in years. And uh, Anna never left the temple area. It says that night and day, she was there fasting and praying. She had an incredible prayer life. She believed in the power of prayer. How about you? How about me? Do we really believe in the power of of prayer. Um, do we spend a lot of time, quality time, intense time in prayer? Uh, maybe as we enter into this year 2023, Shane talked about men making a commitment to lead their families. Maybe we should make a new commitment, each one of us, to intense, dedicated prayer, entering this new year in prayer. Well, Anna walked closely to God, and the Holy Spirit revealed this 
uh, to this godly, godly woman who had this gift of prophecy that this baby Jesus was in truth the Messiah. And in verse 38, it says, Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna gave thanks to God for a promise fulfilled. The Messiah had been promised hundreds of years earlier. Anna had been looking, longing for his coming. Uh, she had been praying, Come, Lord Jesus, redeem your people, send your Messiah. Now she could give thanks for a promise fulfilled. As you look back on this past year, where can you give thanks to God for a promise fulfilled? God promises us in his word that he'll never leave us. Hebrews 13:5, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Where can you look back and say, hey, times were rough at times. Went through some deep water, some difficult times, but God was there with me all the way, every step of the way. He was with me. Or we can, um, God promises us his leading in our lives. Um, Psalm 25, 9, he guides the humble in what is right and teaches us his way. Where can you look back and say, well, God led me in this decision. Uh, God taught me this. God promises us his protection. Psalm 27, 5, For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Where can you look back and say, I was in danger, Lord, but you kept me safe. You sheltered me. Uh, where can you look back and give thanks and praise to God for the promises already fulfilled this past year? If we had time, we could have one big praise and testimony service and just hear people's uh, words of thanksgiving to God for all that he has done. But let's go on. Here's a second life lesson. Uh, let us trust God to fulfill his promises in the future. Simeon and Anna could both look forward with great hope to what God would do through, the, through Jesus, the Messiah. This little bundle of life wrapped up in a blanket would grow to be a man. <laughs> Simeon and Anna would not be around to see this. Uh, their lives on earth were almost over. But they were confident through the eyes of faith that Jesus would grow up and accomplish the mighty works of God. He would bring light to a dark world. He would set captives free. He would bring God's comfort and peace to people's lives and bring joy to our hearts. Uh, Simeon and Anna were eagerly anticipating what the Christ child would do in his lifetime and beyond. And today, as we stand at the threshold of this new year, 2023, we can look forward with eager expectation to what God will do to keep his promises. Uh, what does God promise for this new year? Does he promise sky is always blue? 
Well, not here in Seattle and, uh, and Stanwood. Does he promise the Seahawks will win the Super Bowl? Talk about feeling hopeless, huh? Uh, does he promise that life will be no hassles, no problems this year? Easy. Does he, does he promise great financial prosperity? Does he promise us all perfect health this year? Well, as we look at the text, Simeon had a blessing for this little family standing before him. And it was what we would call a mixed blessing. A mixed blessing. Look at verse 34. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel <clears throat> to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This blessing which is inspired prophecy pointed ahead to how many would rise up spiritually speaking because they put their faith and trust in Jesus. The Messiah would raise people up to new, abundant, eternal life. Is that true in your life? But on the other hand, people would also fall down, spiritually speaking, because of Jesus. They would get tripped up. Uh, this is because they would reject Jesus as the Messiah. Indeed, Jesus would grow up to be despised and rejected and nailed to a cross. As for Mary, she too would suffer. A sword would pierce her own motherly heart in a figurative sense. Uh, Mary would one day stand at the foot of the cross as her son Jesus was hanging on the cross, paying the price for our sin, and her soul would weep and grieve for her son. No, Jesus didn't, God didn't promise Mary a, a bed of roses, or we might say that the, the roses would have thorns, a mixed blessing. Isn't that the way life is? A mixed blessing. Joys and sorrows. Gains and losses. Suffering and glory. A mixed blessing. What will this next year hold for you, for me? None of us know. But we can trust God to keep his promises. To those who love him, we can trust that God will always keep his promise to us. Uh, God promises us his provision. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God promises us victory over temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. God promises us complete, uh, that he will complete his good work in our lives. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, God promises us power, the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God promises us wisdom when we are confused. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Uh, God promises us grace sufficient for our need. 2 Corinthians 12.9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God promises us rest when we are weary. Matthew 11:28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. God promises us to go with us through deep waters and fiery trials. Isaiah 43, 2 and 3, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Jill Briscoe shares this story. She says, Though I was barely six years of age, I will remember sitting by a roaring fire on a Sunday during World War II. Our family had fled the bombs that rained down on us one night, chasing us hundreds of miles away to the beautiful English Lake District, William Wordsworth country. The mists were gone and a storm had broken over our heads. The rain, like giant tears, slashed against the window pane, and the thunder grumbled away as if it were angry it had to hang around all day. I didn't like storms, and I was old enough to understand that a bigger storm was raging, a war involving the entire world. The fire was warm, and my father was relaxed, reading his paper, sitting in his big chair, Suddenly, as if he were aware that I needed a bit of reassurance, he put down his paper and smiled at me. Come here, little girl, he said in his quiet but commanding voice. And then I was safe in his arms, lying against his shoulder, feeling the beat of his heart. What a grand place to be. Here I could watch the rain and listen to the thunder all day. I've realized how my heavenly Father shelters me from the storms of life. When times of sorrow swamped, my, uh, swamped me at my mother's funeral, I sought the reassurance of my Father's presence. When winds of worry whipped away my confidence, as I faced gangs of young people in street evangelism, I glanced up to see my father's face. When floods of fear rose in my spirit as I waited in a hospital room for the results of frightening tests, I sensed my heavenly father saying, Come here, little girl. 
I climbed into his arms, leaned against his shoulder, and murmured, Oh, this is a grand place to be. And as I rest in that safe place, knowing that my father is bigger than any storms that beat against the window pane of my life, I can watch the rains and listen to the thunder, knowing that everything is all right. Here I can feel the beat of my father's heart. Yes, God promises to be with us always to give us everything that we need. We can go forward with confidence and assurance, knowing that God is always faithful to his promises. Amen? Amen. Here's a wonderful promise found in 1 John 3, 2 and 3. Dear friends, now we are God's children, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, even as he is pure. Jesus is coming again someday. Do you believe that? He's coming again. Uh, he came a first time as a little baby in the manger. He's coming again as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's going to call us to himself. And, and we're going to see him face to face. And when we see him, we're going to be made like him. For we shall see him as he is. What a wonderful hope we have. What a wonderful assurance. We're going to reign with him for all eternity. This is our assurance as born-again Christ followers. In this expectation, how then shall we live? Well, let's allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and lives to make us the people he wants us to be, to serve the Lord with, with full strength and gusto to go out and to share the good news of Jesus. Let's go forth in his power, in his strength. Uh, let's be praying. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. In closing, we've heard of these two saints today, Simeon and Anna. And we've, we've seen these two life lessons from them. First, let's gratefully praise God for his promises already fulfilled. And secondly, let's trust God for his promises yet to be fulfilled. Little boy and his father were planning a fishing trip the next day. And this little boy was just so excited, he could hardly contain himself. And that night, as his father tucked him into bed and said their prayers, and a little boy said to his father, he said, Daddy, thank you for tomorrow. And so we can say, thank you, Lord, for tomorrow. I know you have good things in store. Uh, we have a promising new year ahead of us, each of us. Cedar Home Baptist Church, you have a promising new year as a church. And it's been said that 
that our future is as bright as the promises of God. Isn't that wonderful? We can look forward with confidence, with hope, with excitement, with expectancy. Let's stand upon the promises of God. Let's pray. Father, we do stand upon your promises. We've heard just a few of them today, but so many wonderful promises that we can stand upon from your word. And we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins, to rise from the grave, to give us hope, to give us eternal life, to give us a future in heaven. So we stand upon those promises today. And we pray that you go with us into this new year. May we, Lord, rededicate ourselves to serving you. May we look with a vibrant expectancy to all that you are going to do in us and through us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.